Hashanah in the Jewish uh, feasts and cycles and calendar, and I'm really excited about this chance to just share with you some things I've learned over the years and to celebrate together this new season that we're all about to launch into. But first, I have a question. How many of you are blessed? Yeah? All right. Amen. Well, um, As you probably know, uh, way back, thousands of years ago, God chose a man named Abraham, and he spoke blessing over him. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So God spoke a blessing over Abraham, and as probably many of you know, out of Abraham came a great nation, and that's the nation of Israel. So when we talk about the Jewish calendar, um, that's actually where our roots are as Christians. And see, the blessing began with Abraham, but Galatians says that we get to participate in that blessing. Those of us who have come to Christ, maybe you weren't born of Jewish descent, but you were grafted in. Galatians 3.14 says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's anybody who's not of Jewish descent, right? Through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So that blessing is actually a blessing that we participate in too. And do you remember that last part about what God said um, to Abraham? He would not only bless him, but why? Did anybody catch that? So he would be a blessing. And that's why we're blessed. We're blessed because God loves us, because we're a child of God. We've come into, um, into sonship and daughtership, right? But we are also blessed so that we can be a blessing just like Jesus is. Amen? Amen. So I, I'm just fascinated with um, digging deep into the Old Testament and looking at what happened through this nation, Israel, and what God did and how he spoke and how he worked and how he set things up because it was, um, it was not just a, a little quick um, you know, off-the-cuff idea that God had that he was going to demonstrate himself to this nation. In fact, he actually really embedded himself in so much symbolism into their culture and into feasts and into all of the things he asked of them so that we could actually understand how great his love is for us and how much he's done for us. And so um, he introduced cycles into their culture. Um, And All of these cycles, I think, were so that we could come into greater blessings, so they could understand the blessings and the promises that were in God and break cycles of destruction. How many of you would say that you can see that your your enemy, the devil, prowls around and he's trying to bring your life into destruction? Have you noticed that? Okay. Well, the 
awesome thing is that we have the blessing of Abraham and God says that we are blessed and that we're going to be a blessing. So he's got a plan to trump every plan of the enemy. Everything that he's trying to do to bring destruction, the, the blessing overrides the curse, right? Now, God set up a system for the Israelites to stay in cycles of blessing. And, you know, we're going to take a look and and examine some of this. Um, And you can, some of it might be new to you. And, you know, it's not required that um, that we celebrate all these things. But I think there's something deep and worth considering. Maybe something even that we've missed along the way that we could glean from in what God did, okay? So he set up three, happy new year. He set up three um, major cycles of blessing. And the first one is the Sabbath, okay? So as you probably know, um, keeping the Sabbath was one of the 10 commandments that was given And um, sometimes we kind of think that one's maybe Old Testament and it's not as important or whatever. You know, we still believe that we shouldn't murder or lie or steal or all those things. But, you know, it's okay if we don't keep the Sabbath. I don't know. That's a little joke. (laughs) But seriously, it's hard in this day and age to keep a Sabbath, isn't it? Is it easy for you guys to keep that? But that was a cycle that God insisted that his people keep, um, that they would rest uh, once a week and come into that rest. Hebrews 4 actually talks about this, and you can go into a deep study. I actually just kind of got into it this week to realize that there's actually a couple different kinds of rest that are inside of that scripture. And basically, if you extract the main idea out of it, it's actually saying that we should continue to keep Sabbath cycles. We should keep a rest because God wants to help us to reach our destiny and the dominion that he's given us. There's a dominion rest, which is different than a Sabbath rest. And the dominion rest is what you're called to. It's your calling. It's, it's um, your destiny. And it requires staying in patterns of rest, both literal and the spiritual rest that God gives us in order that we can do that. How many of you have had to contend for the things that God's called you to, to push through? Okay. That contending is We're trying to reach that dominion rest. Do you remember scripture? Maybe you've read like God gave them rest on all sides, like when they're in war. Do you remember that? That kind of rest is the kind of territory that he's called us to take. And the Sabbath was something God created to keep us so that we can refresh and recharge because we need that, don't we? Okay. The next one is Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh. How many have heard about that before? Not as many, a couple maybe, right? This is so beautiful. And a couple years ago, I, uh, I ran into this teaching and started to discover how rich it was. So the Jewish people, um, God told them that at the beginning of the month, they were to gather together and celebrate. 
So God put in the sky, you know, right, right now in our culture, we think about signs in the sky and sometimes that scares us because we think, oh, that sounds like astrology and we're not supposed to look at the sky and things like that. But hello, God's the one that created the sky. He's the one that created the sun so that we could see what time it was when we looked up in the sun. And he ordered the months actually on the lunar cycle. Did you know that? Do you know that? in a year we go through 12 lunar cycles and the Jewish months began at the beginning um, when the the moon was at the beginning of its cycle. Did you know that? They actually had people who would watch for it and then everybody would come together and gather when it was announced that the new moon had come and they would celebrate together. And that celebration every month was marked with offerings. They'd come and bring the first fruit of what they had, and they would offer it to the Lord. They'd celebrate. They feasted together. They worshiped, and they would seek the Lord for what he was saying for that next month. Isn't that awesome? It is so incredible to study this in more depth. I've mentioned this before, but this book, A Time to Advance by Chuck Pierce, is really, really great in breaking down um, the Jewish months. Here are the 12 months right here. Uh, Oh, is it possible to scoot that up at all? I don't know if they can. There we go. Thank you. Okay, so these are the 12 Jewish months, and each one, um, there is um, prophetic stuff that God's doing in those cycles, because ultimately what he's trying to do over the course of the year, and we'll talk about the feasts and how he uses that too, is to bring us from glory to glory in him. You guys know that scripture. He's got plans to cycle us through, to come closer to him, to draw near, to search through and work through the things that are going on in our lives. And every month, there's actually kind of patterns of things that we're working through and that he allows to happen so that he can corporately but individually be working through us. And over the course of a year, ideally we come back and we've reached a new level of glory in him. And we can look back at the whole past spiritual year and say, wow, this is what God did. I don't know about you, but I, before I even learned about this, I always felt like the year started in September. And maybe that's because, you know, our schools, you know, go, they go back to school in the fall or whatever. But I've really began to wonder if, you know, there's something inside of us that really does cycle with what God's doing on the Jewish calendar. And can you feel like you could look back right now over the past year and kind of sum up what's happened in your life spiritually. Can anybody kind of feel that? You can almost feel in your spirit that something's coming to a close and something new is starting because God still uses this calendar. Okay? So awesome stuff. I, for two years now, I've gone month by month and I've prayed into it. You know, it's not something that we want to be legalistic about, um, but there is um, prophetic, beautiful treasure embedded in what these months represent. And I love Chuck Pierce and I honor him. He digs into the word and he's taken um, every month, even uh, biblically, and found what happened in those months. And there are patterns and patterns and patterns. And we can benefit from that. So it's really, really awesome. And I'd love to talk to you more about that another time. But um, we have to move on. 
So tonight at sundown, so everything is marked by the sun. It's actually technically not Rosh Hashanah yet. That happens at sundown tonight. And um, it actually will be the month of Tishri. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the seventh month. Now, it used to be um, that that was... That was the first month. But then God reordered in Exodus 12.2. He told um, them that that month being Nisan was to be the first month. So he actually shifted and reordered. So let's talk for a minute about what happened when he told them to do that. This was during the Passover. How many of you are familiar with the Passover feast? Okay, so the Israelites, they were in bondage in Egypt, but God had a plan to take them out, didn't he? To bring them out from their bondage. And so he told them of a feast that they were to observe. And um, they were to eat these foods and to prepare to leave and to eat standing up, right? And they were told to take the blood of a lamb or a goat and to put it on their doorpost, right? And then that night when destruction came and God came to judge the gods of Egypt, their households wouldn't be judged. And we know that in that time, the firstborn were all killed, but anyone with the blood did not experience death. Okay? So we're going to come back to this because it's key, but think about it. He actually reordered the months to begin with Passover. Okay, so now we are... uh, Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. Can you scroll that out again? 5776. As of tonight, that'll be the year. So what happened was the months were reordered with which would be the first, but the years are still ordered at the seventh month. So actually, the Jewish people get two New Year's celebrations. (laughs) But this one is really... Really awesome and very spiritually significant. Actually, each one is, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the feast. But um, again, there's scripture in New Testament, Colossians 2, 16 to 17 says, Let no one judge you in regard to food or drink or in regard to the observance of a festival or new moon or a Sabbath day. Such things are only a shadow of what is to come, and they have only symbolic value. But the substance, the reality of what is foreshadowed, belongs to Christ. So here's the thing. You are not required to observe these. We are not like missing it with the Lord if we don't observe the feast. But what this is saying, you don't have to be religious about it. It's optional, but there is deep symbolism in this. There's deep symbolism, and it shows you the reality of what we have in Christ. So if we're paying attention to these things and we're honoring God and what he's done, we're going to actually benefit in our relationship from Christ in, in observing that symbolism of what he's done for us, right? Okay, so now we're going to move to the feast. So there's three things. There's the Sabbath cycles that he gave us. There's the um, Rosh Chodesh, the monthly celebrations. And then he told them that three times a year they were to celebrate feasts. Three times a year you shall, ob- you shall celebrate a feast to me. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, which is Passover. Also you shall observe the feast of the harvest, which is Pentecost. Also the feast of the ingathering, which is tabernacles. That's the one we're in right now. 
three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord God. So um, in that time, they would all come, the males would come, and they would partake in these feasts. Okay. So let's look at Passover for a second. We were just kind of talking about what happened with the Passover um, feast and what God set up. And maybe you know this, but that is a representation of what began with Jesus Christ, right? So the blood of the lamb or the goat was sprinkled and death would not hit that home. In the same way, the blood of Jesus has been shed for us so that we don't have to experience death, right? And that's the symbolism. That's the fulfillment. So at Passover time, at Easter, we celebrate what? We celebrate Jesus' death and his resurrection. And those dates completely coincided with the feast of Passover. Did you know the timing of when Jesus came that that was the fulfillment of the Passover, and he is our Passover lamb, right? Okay, so we celebrate that in the first month, which was Nisan. In, this, in the third month um, is Pentecost. Well, the, the Feast of the Harvest, um, actually, you know, they were celebrating that years before Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, came in the upper room. They were actually um, celebrating God's provision, in the wheat, and they were celebrating the word that came through the Torah on Mount Sinai. They would read the scriptures, and they would celebrate the word and that provision that God had given them. But the full fulfillment was Pentecost, and that's our true provision through the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said it was better for him to go because he would be able to send his spirit. When Jesus came, he did an amazing work which offers us salvation. Who empowers us to live the life that Jesus called us to? That's provision. And we celebrate that provision through Pentecost. And then finally, we come to the Feast of Tabernacles. That's a cluster of three events which all begin today and happen over the seventh month. The first is uh, the Feast of Trumpets. If you can scoot that up a little bit. Um, I put the dates. So, you know, like I said, all of these months are on the lunar cycle. And so every year, the dates fall a little bit differently. But for this year um, and this month, this cluster of events is happening right now. And um, with the Feast of Tabernacles, the main focus is the glory of God. How many of you love the glory of God? The glory of God is everything that he is and everything that he does. And it's all made available to us. It's all made available. We have access to it. And it's an awesome time of year for us to come and to experience his glory. And I believe that if we take this time and we examine what this is all about and what was happening, that we can set ourselves up to experience his glory and launch into a new spiritual year, really with so much blessing and the right perspective for what God has. Okay, so again, we don't have to celebrate these Jewish cycles, but I think if we do, we can unlock some treasure and really experience the richness of what God um, really intended for all generations, actually. I don't have the scripture up there, but he did say that these feasts and things would be for all generations. So 
you know, we don't really do that in, the, in our churches too much. We don't talk about it too much. But it doesn't mean that there's not blessing in it. So, okay. I want to just take one minute and, and talk about something that a lot of you have been asking me. Um, you know, what about what's going on now? What about the blood moons? What about the signs? What's God doing right now in terms of the signs, right? Well, Scripture is full of, um, of explanation that God uses the sky and the signs to um, communicate to us. So Genesis 1.14 said, God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Luke 21, Jesus said before he returns, there would be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And we read about signs in the sky in Acts 2 and Joel 2, and the list goes on. He's talking all the time about the signs in the sky, right? And some of you may have, you know, seen there's been lots of articles out over the past couple years that the blood moons of last year and this year have all coincided with feasts. Uh, April 15th and October 8th of last year was Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles, and then Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles again this year. So what, what should we be thinking? You know, what should we be feeling? Actually, if we were to take the pulse right now, I actually think there's a lot of fear. Is that, is that true? Like, there's a lot of fear in the world, but also in the body of Christ. And I love that Jeff and Christina prepared this song for today because they didn't know that I was going to be going here. But I really, really believe that God is not trying to give us signs so that we'll go into fear and panic. We have got to squash that because you have been grafted in, you have been adopted into the body of Christ, into the family of God, and you are a child of God. And the signs in the sky should not make us afraid. They should wake us up. We should wake up, but we shouldn't be afraid. And if you're afraid, then the enemy has a foothold somewhere and you need to kick him out because you're not meant to live in fear. You're not made for that. You're a child of God and that's not your portion and you're actually being stolen from when you're in fear. There is no fear in love. 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God's love wants to penetrate every place in you. And some of you have had so much freedom from fear, so many things. And in this past season, he's introduced new areas of fear. And it's like relentless. Like what in the world? Well, the thing is, the enemy knows that fear is the one thing that's going to cripple us the most from walking in the fullness of the provision of Holy Spirit. Okay, what we talked about, what was provided at Pentecost, what's provided to you through Holy Spirit inside of you and upon you is what the world needs. This is your sign. This is the wake up that we need because he's empowering us for such a time as this as sons and daughters. Okay, Romans 8, 19 says that whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. I like that version. That's CEV. 
okay? The whole creation is waiting for us to really get it, to really know that we're sons and daughters. When we really know, then there's no fear in us. And Holy Spirit gets full residence inside of us. And he gets to work through us, in us, on us, in the world. And that is your portion, and that's what you're called to. So these signs in the sky, is Jesus coming? Well, the Bible says we should live like he is, right? So yes, he is coming, and maybe he'll come sooner than later. I don't know. We don't know. There's no way for us to know, okay? There are signs that the Bible says will happen before Jesus comes. I think there are still some signs that have not happened yet, You know, it does talk about the moon turning to blood, but it also talks about the sun being darkened and billows of, you know, there's all kinds of things that haven't quite happened yet. But we should pay attention to signs because they're pointing us to Jesus. And it's time for us to be awakened. And this is a really good time to be awakened because Rosh Hashanah was originally called Yam Teruah, which means shouting, raising a joyful noise. You, you see the shofar, which is like a trumpet, the trumpet blast, the shofar. What happens if you heard a shofar right now? It would get your attention, wouldn't it? This is a really good time for us to see the signs and wake up and say, what's going on? Where am I? Am I in my place? Am I where he's called me? It's a really important time. Okay, so this was the instruction that was given Leviticus 23, 24 for the celebration of Yom Teruah. Speak to the sons of Israel saying in the seventh month on the first of the month, you shall have a rest, a reminder by blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. So another, another version says that a, a holy convocation or a memorial And scripture actually doesn't really tell us what we were supposed to be having a memorial for. But traditionally, um, what's been celebrated is like God's grace to Abraham when he provided the ram in place of Isaac. That's one of the things that the, the Jewish people have celebrated. And both Jews and Messianic believers also believe it's like a memorial of the creation of the world. So this is the time we celebrate that God created the universe, that he is king of the universe. He is our Lord of lords and our King of kings. And when the shofar is blown, we're declaring, you are Lord. Okay, Psalm 47, 5 says, God has ascended amid the shouts of joy. That's Teruah. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets, shofar. So we're declaring that he is king. And that's a, um, a celebration of his coronation. Okay. But also, a lot of scholars think that this particular feast, while the others have been fulfilled, is not completely fulfilled yet. So what is it about trumpets? What do we see in scripture with trumpets? It's the return of the Lord, isn't it? We see it all over. Joel 2, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. So this is a time where we say, Jesus, you are Lord. God, you are king of the universe, and you are coming back. It's an awesome time. 
to expect and anticipate and to get our hearts right. And this day marks the beginning of 10 days which were celebrated, which were called the day, 10 days of awe. And then that led to the day of atonement or Yom Kippur. Have you all heard of that? Okay, so traditionally those 10 days are days that you take to, t- to take serious inventory of what's going on in your life and to get, your, to get hearts right. And we know that we can do that at any time, can't we? Because we don't have just one day anymore that, that um, we can bring our sins to God, but we already have that available before service, after service, right now, next moment, right? Jesus is, has been the fulfillment um, of taking our sins. But let's talk about that for a minute, what the Day of Atonement looked like. So the Day of Atonement, only the high priest could go in to the most holy place. He would go in and he would bring the blood of a goat and he would sprinkle it and it would, cover, it would represent and cover the sins of the people. And then a live goat would be taken. Let me see if I can get back to all this. And the hands were placed on it. And all of the sins that represented all the sins of the people, they were placed right on that goat and it was released into the wilderness. Okay? And at that time, God would look and he would, he would find the sacrifice acceptable, or if the priest wasn't even in the right place, he could die that day, coming into the Holy of Holies. Now, we know that Jesus took our place, right? And it was a a goat or a lamb that the blood was sprinkled so that we wouldn't experience death, right? But the, the goat actually took the sins in the same way Jesus took the sins. On that day of atonement, that represented what Jesus has already done for us, right? But we can receive that any time. But it's an appointed time, okay? This is an appointed time. And that doesn't mean that we couldn't any other time. But we should, we should take these opportunities, right, for self-examination. Those whole 10 days were just time that they just sought the Lord and made sure that their hearts were right. So what happened after Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, was then they had a next week where they celebrated the glory of God which came down when they were in in the desert, in the tabernacles, in their dwelling places. And now we are the tabernacle of God, right? And because of what God has done, what Jesus has done, we can experience the glory of God and that's what this season is about, is coming into all that he's provided, all of his glory, all of that for you because of what Jesus has done. So what does all this mean for me right now? This was a lot of like history lesson, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I just want to hear the preaching. I don't want to hear all the teaching stuff. But you know what? It's important, I think, for us to really appreciate where we're at. It's important for us to know 
all that's happened and everything God did and all the intricate details because it makes us so in awe. It wasn't just this little idea that he had one day and just, I mean, he set it up from the foundation of the world. He knew what he was going to set in place and he wanted to make it beyond obvious to us that he did that intentionally. And this is an important time. Like I said, prophetically, every month represents something that we can sink into with God. And I really believe that there are a few key things for these times right now, for right now, and this is what it has to do with me. It's time to know um, the times. It's a time to ask God to show you where you've drifted from him. Okay, every one of us has seasons where we just kind of get distracted. Do you ever get distracted? We need to have a time where we come back. That's the thing about the the shofar is blowing. And in a few minutes, we're actually going to have a chance to respond to the shofar blowing. Okay, so get yourself ready. If you've drifted right now, let's ask Holy Spirit to show us where we have drifted. I felt like the Lord actually spoke to me and said that there are even prodigals in the room right now. And, And Jesus said, this is the story of the prodigal. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself himself out to a citizen of that country who sent them to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I felt like the Lord said that there are some people in this place right now that you have so forgotten that you are a son or daughter of God, that you're sitting looking at pig food thinking, oh, that'll do it. I just, that, that'll fill my stomach. And he's like, come back home. I'm waiting for you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at you. I'm not gonna smash you down and make you feel stupid. I just want to hug you again. I want you to come back. It's safe. And we're we're going to celebrate that. And so if that's you, this is an appointed time for some prodigals to come home. And we've already had one invitation this morning, didn't we? But God, I really believe that he's driving it home so much because it really is an appointed time for you to stop hanging out with the pigs, but to come home to the Father. And you might even come to church every week. You can come to church and you can go through motions and still have your heart far from it. And he wants you home in every sense of the word. The next one is it's a time to remove what would keep you from returning. There are things that God highlights that can keep us from coming and drawing near to him. And sometimes we don't want to deal with those things because it might involve some work or whatever. It might be hard to face the facts. But it's a time for self-examination to say, God, 
Is there anything that is keeping me from returning to you in the fullness, anything, any sin in my life? And maybe it's not even sin. You know, maybe it's fear. Like we talked about, fear can keep us from coming near. He's still there, but it's hard for for us to draw into his presence and the nearness when we have fear there, right? So it might be wrong mindsets. Maybe there are relationships that need to be mended. That can hinder us. Bitterness can hinder us. We need to get rid of bitterness. Anything that would keep us from returning to God. He loves to prune us. It's okay to let him remove those things, right? In John 15, it talks about the pruning process. It's his grace that takes those things off because what happens when we get pruned? We get more fruit out of our life. So our lives will become more fruitful when we submit to the pruning process. It doesn't always feel good, but it's worth it. Okay? The next thing is, it's a time to ask God to show you how to get to the place where you're flowing and what he's doing. Okay, what happens sometimes is we get out of sync with God's timing. I, I shared a few weeks ago, like, there, I believe with all my heart, there is a perfect will of God for each and every one of you. That means we can sync with the best that he has. It's the place, it's the situation, it's the people, it's everything. He has ordered things for our lives. But if we're not syncing with what his will is, we can kind of get out of the timing and out of the order, and then it feels like we're just off. Have you ever just felt like you're off? Well, this is an appointed time for you to say, God, show me how to get back in time. Help me to get back into syncing with this. And it all kind of flows with it, you know. All of this flows. He's going to show you what you need to do. He's not going to just say, oh, yeah, you're out of sync, you know. It's going to take you a year. Like, he's, this, is a, this is an appointed time. In fact, the next thing is, it's that it's a time. Whoops. Uh, it is a time for a shofar, almost. <laughs> I missed one. It's a, it's a time to look for God to release revelation that will start your beginning in a new way. Okay, so God's going to give you revelation. He's not going to leave you hanging. And here's the thing. I'm going to say this right now. We need to get this. He speaks to everyone. My sheep know my voice. Are you a sheep? Then you can hear his voice, and we need to squash any theology or any wrong mindsets that only some special people get to hear God. Every single one of you, if you are a child of God, you can hear God's voice and he will speak different ways. And now is the time for you to be expectant, to find revelation that's going to help you get starting your season the right way. Okay, so it might be dreams, it might be visions, it might be a prophetic word, it might be scripture. He can use so many different things, but be watching in these next few days for God to show you, okay, here's how we launch you into your next season. And then, of course, it's a time to enjoy his glory. Okay, so when we get through this process, that's um, the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, That is, this is a season, like certainly we can always enter God's presence, but when we've dealt with all this stuff, 
when our hearts are so pure and so expectant and so attentive to God, it's the time where we can just more easily enter in. And that's what this month is about. And, um, you know, it doesn't just have to be on a Sunday morning. We'll have awesome worship services here. But it's wherever you create a place, he comes and he will rest in that place and you'll experience his glory and you'll experience the increase. And that's what your portion is. That's what this season is all about is sinking into that. Okay. Is this helpful? Is this good? Okay. Okay. All right. What we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. This is about a minute clip, and I seriously am. We're going to blow the shofar. I don't have one. George won't let me have one, but he will let me play the clip. And what I want to do is I want to look at that list and say, okay, God, this is the time. What's going on with me? Show me. Wake me up. Wake me up in these areas so that I can be attentive and ready for the next season. And then we're going to loop into another song. I want to make this altar open. If, if that word spoke to you about the prodigal, if there are things that God's saying, I want you to get this right. If you just want more of him, whatever, um, just come forward. And this is a place for you to make an altar between you and God and to just encounter him. And, um, and then we're going to close in a little bit with a special fun activity. So don't go anywhere. Stay for the song. And then I'm going to close it with something really fun. I think it's fun. Okay. Here we go.
would somehow come to know So make us one according to your plan Isn't heaven it will be Fill us with the truth and righteousness Desire the world to see. Let your glory and honor fall on our face. Holy Father, rest in this. Church is sick in need of God alone. And people, we must seek His face. If we turn from our unrighteousness, He'll forgive our evil ways. So maybe of God be on us here. Lord, revive us by your grace. Holy Spirit, be forever near. Saturate us in this place. Let your glory Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your appointed times. I thank you, God, for the reminder of what you've done. And I thank you that you've sent your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to prepare us. For the next season, God, I thank you for all the specific things that you are speaking to our hearts. And our heart cry, Lord God, is that we would turn to you, that we would return. And God, that we would get right and that we'd get in alignment and we'd get in sync with everything that you're doing, God. And I thank you, God, that this next spiritual year, God, is going to be amazing for the kingdom. And I thank you, God, that every person here, Lord God, is going to sync with the destiny that you have for them. I thank you, God, that you are removing obstacles. I decree obstacles removed in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the release of angels, angelic hosts, Lord God, to war on our behalf, God, that every weapon that is set against us would not prosper, Lord God. We decree, Lord God, the advancement of your kingdom, and I thank you, God, for sons and daughters arising. I thank you, God, that this next spiritual year is going to be great in our lives, the greatest even yet, Lord God. I pray by your spirit that you would keep us 
that you would build us up in the most holy faith, that we would learn how to be warriors in prayer and warriors in the spirit so that we can remain every moment in your timing and in your plans, Lord God. I thank you for the signs in the sky. I thank you for the wake-up call, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would raise up a mighty army that is not afraid, but knows who their God is, who knows who their Father is, who knows that they are children and what that means, God. We take our position. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are faithful to help us to overcome everything that we need, Lord God, to be victors and overcomers in you, Jesus. We celebrate the beginning of a new spiritual year in Jesus' name. And what we're going to do is we're going to do something that's a Jewish tradition. And they eat apples and honey. And it's representative of may the next year be sweet. And I want to do this as just a prophetic act. That we're going to have a sweet new year, every one of us. So the ushers are going to come with plates of apples and honey. So if you take a seat, this will only take a minute. When you get yours, you can go ahead and eat it and celebrate with each other. This is a time to be happy and excited that good things are ahead of us. Amen? All right. Ushers, if you want to come forward. Everybody, if you could take one slice. I know there's enough for everybody to have one slice and one packet of honey. So you just kind of drizzle it on there. There's lots of different Jewish traditions of things that they do, but I just think this one's fun, and I've done it for the past four years. May this next year be sweet. Celebrate with your friends, okay? Eat your apples and honey together. It's sort of like, it's sort of like communion, but not really. <laughs> Be blessed, guys. You can say Shana Tova. That's what they say. Shana Tova. We'll bless you guys as you eat your apples and honey. You guys can just fellowship and hang out, and we will see you next week. Next week's exciting because we have um, Nancy Rupley coming. And, uh, yeah, if you've ever heard Nancy speak before, then you're in for a treat. So she'll be speaking two weeks in a row. We're really excited.
Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago. desire the world to see 